Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Joining me today, co-host, yours truly, Rashad Richie. All right, hell of a story, top story of the day. The US Senate decided to manipulate the messaging of college students who happen to be pro-Palestinian by saying they in fact are pro-terrorism. The insanity is unreal, let's dig deep. The US Senate passed a unanimous resolution to understand how deep this goes. Unanimous resolution condemning what it called anti-Israel pro-Hamas student groups across the country. Now, if you had pro-Hamas student groups, that would be an issue because that's terrorism, but the Palestinians are not Hamas. This is an intentional blurring of the lines and manipulation of messaging. Following a day of walkouts, so students peacefully protested by walking out. Hundreds of students led by Students for Justice in Palestine and Jewish Voice for Peace walked out of classes at Columbia University, Princeton University, New York University, and dozens of other colleges and what they described as a demand for a ceasefire in Gaza and end to US military support to Israel. The Senate resolution condemned students for supporting Hamas as part of a broader government and corporate pushback on protest over the war. Now, you see it clearly. You have a pro-Palestinian organization. You have a pro-Jewish student organization. They decided to agree that a ceasefire for the sake of humanitarian purposes is Necessary, it is the right thing to do. That's called a position. That's called a point of view. That is called an agreement in messaging between two groups that many try to pit against each other. I said this on my radio show earlier this morning. You do not have to be anti Israel in order to be pro Palestinian as it relates, obviously, to this humanitarian effort. And America's lack of response to humanity itself. But the US Senate said, oh no, these, these individuals are obviously anti Israel and pro Hamas. You know, Israel is not at war with the Palestinians. This is Hamas and Israeli warfare. Yes. I'm going to also highlight a couple of dynamics that I think we should all at least have in the parameters of our thinking. If they can pass a resolution with two groups, a pro-Palestinian group and a pro-Jewish group and universally say, well, they are, they are actually pro-Hamas. So you're saying that the Jewish student organization is pro-Hamas because they agree with humanitarian efforts? 
that, by the way, the majority of Americans agree with that humanitarian efforts should continue and America should be on the right side of this. But I digress. Being pro a particular group, right? Being pro Palestinian, how does that make you anti anything? What if, what if someone led an organization and said, well, uh, this is the pro black student movement? Wait a minute, we've been there before. It was in the 60s. And they called black students communist traitors, radicals for having a position, a point of view. They called them hate mongers for having love for black people. I have more. As the conflict intensifies, disputes are spilling over from campuses and government into many workplaces as well. The intercept. Also says recent weeks have seen pressure by government officials against student activist groups, the creation of public blacklist in multiple industries, and well, a wave of politically motivated things over people's publicly stated view or views on the conflict. Whoa, um, freedom of speech, right? You know, it is quite fascinating. That we have this massive response from the US Senate to basically demean what these students have done in unity. You have a pro Jewish student group, pro Palestinian Jewish group, pro Palestinian group, excuse me, connecting on something that obviously, well, a lot of people are separated on. Instead of people saying, you know, they're leading the way, they're helping us understand a better path forward, um, we would prefer to pass resolutions condemning the action. Uh, we're seeing people being fired from their jobs, being investigated uh, by HR over their social media posts or conversations with colleagues and having job offers rescinded because of their point of view. There is a clear trend that people's jobs are being targeted right now, said Demi Khalidi, the founder and director of Palestine Legal, an advocacy organization that seeks to preserve the civil rights of supporters of Palestinian rights in the United States. When are we going to talk about this contextualized as human right, humanitarian effort? You know, these are people. The individual, and I have to always say this because uh, it's noted for the record, and it should be every time, the vast majority of people of any nation don't want war because the people who lose are the individuals who typically have little to no power. They're waking up in the morning, going to work, work hard, trying to pay a mortgage, take care of children, put food on the table. Why would we not want to stand for humanity regardless of the warfare that they did not choose for their nation? Their leaders did. There's more, a number of donors, major donors at Harvard University and the University of Pennsylvania have also threatened to pull funds following student protests and public statements in the wake of the October 7th attack by Hamas. 
and subsequent bombing of the Gaza Strip by the Israeli military. The Hamas attacks killed roughly 1,400 Israelis. That is an evil, adverse act and should be punished. That is called murder, period. 1,400 Israelis, mostly civilians, people who have nothing to do with war. While Israel is estimated to have killed around 7,000 Palestinians, remember, Hamas is not the government of Palestine. They are not the representatives of the Palestinians. These are two separate groups. 7,000, the majority believed to have been civilians over the last 17 days, according to The Intercept, with the Biden administration fully supporting. The domestic culture war over Gaza and Israel may well become a political issue, obviously, in 2024. In a campaign speech in New Hampshire, Donald Trump vowed, quote, to implement Strong ideological screening of all immigrants. Ideological screening? What? Yes, that's what he said. Ideological screening of all immigrants in reference to recent controversies over the war. If you hate America, if you want to abolish Israel, if you don't like our religion, which a lot of them don't, if you sympathize with jihadist and we don't want you in our country, and you're not getting in, end quote, Trump said. All of this is meant to blur the line, to provide a core, a root that others who are bigoted will latch on to. Naturally, uh, you are able, at least now, to have your opinion and freedom of speech in the United States of America. They're talking about ideological testing. That's what Trump is telling you what he will do if you ever give him power again, okay? Uh, And to simply say, if you don't like our religion, the people who founded this nation, uh, as horrible as many of them were, the people who founded this nation were literally trying to get away from religious rule as the order of law. It was a principle of this experiment known as America. We have lost our way. We can see children dying and be heartless. Whatever side you're on, please keep in mind, humanity should be the advocacy point. Humanity should be the advocacy point. When we abandon that very simple principle and accept the framework that they have given us, this polarized dynamic where we must be this way or that way. We must choose this person or that person. No, you don't have to argue inside of their framework. We have innocent people dying. We have innocent children. We have thousands of people who may die in the future if something is not done. And if you love America, if you love America, you have to love America enough to be critical of America when necessary, to be critical 
of your friends when necessary. Humanity, once again, should be the start and stopping point every time. All right, we will bring you updates as they come. Um, hell of a thing out of Georgia. State of Georgia teacher, according to the allegation, decided to basically line students up and beat them. Put up the picture uh, full mass. Uh, this is a difficult story. A Georgia woman says that her child was hit by a staff member at school, leaving the fourth grader with visible marks and scared to go. Back, Brittany Walker, the mother of a student who attends Dutchtown Elementary, this is an Atlanta suburb, it's called Henry County, claimed her daughter, Navia, and other students were struck in the back while walking out of the classroom after asking a paraprofessional for laptop chargers. That's according to the reports. The employee has not been publicly identified. Now, I'm going to show you uh, the marks on the child's back, okay? Uh, they are distinct, they are clear. These are photos. We have photos obtained by the local news. They appear to show the scratch marks on the child's back. Per the outlets, the employee was placed on administrative leave amid an investigation, Henry County Schools said. Ms. Walker, the mother, filed a report at the local police station the next day. However, she wants more accountability. Quote, she literally hit us in our backs. And we had two people that saw what happened. Her daughter explained her 11 alive. Quote, another teacher came to take us to the quiet room where we could write a statement of what happened. The principal reached out to Ms. Walker on Tuesday, which made her go to the school and pick up her child. According to reports, she said she was informed that Navia, her child, was not sexually, but was physically assaulted. Immediately, when I looked at her back, Walker told WSB TV, her back was red and it looked like someone's hand lines. She added, it's I know where you can go and assault kids where you don't go to jail. If I abused my daughter, I'd be in jail. So why would she be different? She should not be able to ever work in a school system ever again. 11 Alive reported in Tennessee, a mother decided to pull her autistic daughter out of the school after accusing teachers of verbally assaulting her daughter. Uh, so this has uh, been a recurring thing in many institutions. Now I will say this. I have the same question that the mother had. So we're going to give the Henry County school system a couple of days to remedy this. Um, obviously, if there's abuse to a child, one, you have a mandate to report in the state of Georgia. And two, there's physical evidence of assault. There's nothing a child can do that would warrant justification for an adult, especially one who has what's called public responsibility. For an adult to do something like that to a child. So we have the same question at Indisputable. Why is it that this person has not been arrested? 
According to the narrative, they did this to multiple children. We will bring you the update as it comes. All right, a cop, a police officer, decides to strike a 17-year-old girl. Let's put the first screenshot up. You see the screenshots in order. Uh, The cop is literally punching this child uh, as if this child is an adult male who has, how do they say it, superhuman strength. The incident occurred on October 22nd in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, when the county sheriff's deputy was captured on a video hitting a 17-year-old, Envy Hampton, at least three times as she lay on the ground during an arrest at the county zoo. According to her mother, Tamika Dowell, Envy and her friends were seated in a locked car when she heard the deputy smash the window to open the vehicle's door. According to Envy's friend who recorded the video, Kiana Love, the girls had gotten into a verbal argument between themselves after being asked to leave the zoo after it closed and the police were called. The teenagers had been brought to the zoo by Envy's 25 year old sister, Naya Monique Dowell. Willis, who later returned to pick them up with their two children, ages one and three, in the back seat. The teens got into our vehicle and refused to get out as the deputies instructed. Envy was arrested on charges of felony battery to a law enforcement officer, disorderly conduct, and resisting and obstructing an officer. A bail was set at $5,540. Dowell Willis was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct, but later released. Tamika Dowell told the Wisconsin Examiner that she heard glass breaking after her daughter called her to say she was about to be arrested. How I initially got the call is because my daughter, I want to say maybe five seconds before they busted out her car window, said Dowell. She called me and said, mom, they're going to take me to jail. And I said, who? And she said, I'm about to go to jail. Dowell also told WISN 12 news that she wants the charges against her daughter dropped and the deputy who hit her to be terminated. According to Dowell, her daughter was also hit prior to Love beginning the record. Uh, Love also said Envy was struck before she began recording. She was already on the ground in her bra in cuffs and there was no reason for that guy to hit her in the back of the head that many times. She had no weapons or anything, end quote. The video shows three hits. My daughter was previously hit before the tape started several other times, added Dowd. That is my child. I've never heard her squeal, scream, or anything in 17 years like that. So she was in pain, and she was hit physically prior to the video starting. They had no compassion for my one and three-year-old grandson sitting in that back seat. Put him up, put her up. Milwaukee County Sheriff uh, 
Danita Arbaugh, Buck stops with the elected sheriff, constitutional authority has the right and the authority to discipline these officers and arrest them. According to a press release by the sheriff's office, they were called to the scene following reports of a fight. They claimed the occupants of the vehicle became argumentative, refused to identify themselves, and refused to exit the vehicle upon request. The press release also claims the deputy only struck Envy three times. Um, the insanity of this is unreal, right? So the response from the sheriff's office is, well, listen, they were rude. They argued with the cop, okay? Uh, and uh, they only hit the child three times in the back of the head. What kind of press release is that? A press release that says clearly, I care nothing about the community that you're from. I care nothing about the rights that you have. I also care nothing about the statutes and the policy that govern positions of high public trust, like being an officer. Who releases that kind of statement? Number one, you should investigate, get all of the facts, the details. Number two, at least suspend the officer. And I'm sure you'll do it with pain. Not even that. Uh, all right, so uh, press release does further read. Uh, the driver was removed from the vehicle by deputies. And when another deputy approached the rear side door or driver's side door, one of the passengers, a 17-year-old female, was highly agitated and continued to be uncooperative. Read the press release, adding that Envy shoved the deputy as he opened the door while swinging her arms with closed Fist. Now we don't have uh, we don't have that video on the record. The deputy directed her to uh, to the ground to gain control and try to effect an arrest. The subject continued kicking at the deputy and swinging her arms, striking him in the face with a closed fist while she was trying to get her into custody. While he was trying to get her into custody, the release continued. The deputy used force by applying three targeted focused strikes to stop her resistance enough to apply handcuffs and take her into custody, a 17-year-old child. It took all of that for a 17-year-old child. And you have a policy of de-escalation at that police department, at that sheriff's office. And not one word of de-escalation. They broke the window. They broke the window, startled everyone, and engaged in a physical assault against the child. Um, that child obviously was complete, completely confused as to why this was so aggressive. All right, there will be an update uh, to this story. We'll bring it to you as it comes. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. Uh, let's read some of these amazing comments. Yep, uh, Mountain Dragon, Seaman uh, Assassin 420. Hey, Doc, I really do appreciate how you've been able to keep your cool while informing us on these horrible issues. We need inspirational people like you to help keep us grounded and sane during these dark times. I truly respect how you and the TYT host are professional enough for us to get through it together. Thank you again, all the love. Um, we try. 
we try and thank you for being part of the process. Iron sharpens iron. Okay, we need each other here. Uh, but thank you for the comment. I think this is Civitas Vox. Uh, freedom of speech when it is convenient. That's right. Mo Fury only hit them three times. That sounds like a military general speaking about an operation to take control of a village. Problem is that the cops aren't supposed to be a military unit. And that becomes the issue. Uh, if you don't have synergy between cop and community, you simply have an, you have an adverse occupation. That's called an occupation, uh, an adverse entity inside of your local community that's there for one reason, not to protect and serve, but to be aggressive and harm. The Jack, thank you for that, by the way. Same sentiments thrown at 60 civil rights activists. Yeah. Together, Shark. Studios, yeah, the principal knows that there is a big lawsuit coming his way. Yeah, um, and if the principal would have at least engaged accordingly, meaning per protocol, uh, and done exactly what a leader should have done in that situation, uh, you may have avoided direct liability. Uh, but it seems as if this principal probably has some kind of, I guess, friendship maybe. Anytime you see something like this that doesn't make sense, you got to look at a relationship somewhere, a connection. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. As a teacher and a parent of a high school child, this story angers me. There is nothing a child could ever do to warrant this treatment, nothing. Uh, and remember, and I agree with you, and remember, according to the narrative, uh, this person did it to multiple children. You just have one family who is willing to speak out. All right, and uh, Twitch. Um, being rude, this is Sturma, I think. Being rude and argumentative is not an arrestable offense. That's right. They literally put it in the press release as if it was. Okay, lighten the mood a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? A you're you're still free! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Get your ass out of here. If you got license, you saw it. I mean, I just want to fish, ma'am. Oh, no, no, hell, you can't fish. You ain't. You don't know how to fish. You don't even wear the right kind of clothes. You got damn stupid shoes on anyway. Where'd you get them ugly breeches? <laughs> Can I see that one more time, please? If you got license, you saw it. I mean, I just want to fish, ma'am. Oh, no, no, hell, you can't fish. You ain't. You don't know how to fish. You don't even wear the right kind of clothes. You got damn stupid shoes on anyway. Where'd you get them ugly breeches? <laughs> Put up the picture for a mask. I, I know that was really rude, but she, what she did there. But it was flawlessly executed. I mean, the way it just rolled off her tongue. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying. I agree with rudeness here, but if I did, okay, um, we don't have much information about this, Karen. Uh, the narrative is uh, she did not think the person had a license uh, to fish in that area and decided to engage uh, and also uh, decided to talk about his britches, right? And by the way, for those who are of a certain 
young age, that means pants. Okay, Sharon, I mean, I I don't want to get into uh, a debate or what, what we call in the South, the joning contest with her. I think that's the right assessment, Doc. Um, Dr. Ritchie, I um, you know, I love it to take on any Karen, no matter where they are, east, west, north, south, <laughs> another country. You've covered them many countries, all yeah. continents. I don't mess too much with OG Karen's though, yeah. <laughs> because they're unpredictable. You understand? So you just kind of have to just it'll pass. They don't have the energy to keep going and going. Let them say they gotta say, get out of their system. And leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was really upset about those britches. Um, all right. I thought she said something else. <laughs> no, she said britches. <laughs> I don't know. He probably has a bunch of them, too. Right. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Uh, we got another anti-Karens Unite. You scream at an employee's Walmart. Get out of here. Doesn't have an official language, jackass. Your window is totally different. It's public property. So if you want to take this to a lawyer, then by all means, I don't care. Go take it to a lawyer, okay? No crime has been committed. You guys need to get out of here. You can go in your car. You can go in your car, you can get your groceries, and we can stop this. Whole I thing. need his phone number because I am going to talk to I him. will give you my phone number. There you go. If he wants to give your phone number, then he can't. If he doesn't, he doesn't. And I really don't want to, but I'll give it to you for the sake of look, we live in the same place. If we can't have good energy here, that's a bad thing. I don't know you from Adam. You just bought here from Massachusetts or wherever you're from, Maryland. You, I've lived here 15 years. Okay. You're a newbie. Here. I just, yeah, I moved here <laughs> a few months ago. <laughs> we I need your phone number. Being a newbie has nothing to do with this. You don't need a judgment. I need that. I need a phone number so if I can. If he wants to give you your phone number, he can. Yeah. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. What is it? So I can tomorrow. One eight hundred up your butt. Put it up full mass. You see, I told you this day would come. Legend has it that one day from the ranks of policing there would emerge an anti-Karen cop. This cop literally responded to the scene. The neighbor was being, well, victimized by a neighborhood Karen. The cop recognized it immediately because he too is an anti-Karen himself. That's what I'm talking about. This is called progress, ladies and gentlemen. The officer was very clear, nothing illegal has happened here, ma'am. You need to stop being judgmental like this. If he wants to give you his number, he can, that's on him. And then he proceeded to give her the number he chose to. <laughs> All right, Sharon, <laughs> thoughts? I heard it too. And um, lovely demeanor. <clears throat> I love the way you highlight these anti-Karens, Dr. Ritchie, because it's more than a movement. Yeah. It, just like the police have gang units, this is an anti-Karen unit. That's You're, right. You know, lawyer, they're good. Criminal, defense, prosecutor, family law, anti-Karen lawyers. This thing like is that. here to stay. I think that's actually a thing we need to advocate for. We need to start advocating for anti-Karen units on all police forces um, that respond. Yes, there you yeah. go. That respond. What's the number on the billboard? There it is. If all we right. could get that we, number. We need to get that going. Okay. <laughs> got to yeah. put it in the universe. There you go. All right. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We have a lot of comments. I will read as many as I can. Uh, and I want to uh, just remind everyone um, about our, about our um, appreciation of you. Member Appreciation Week members make all the difference in the world so much right here at TYT. As part of a member appreciation week, we always launch new stuff, all right? So we have brand new reflective collection inspired by Operation Hope. We got a brand new collection. I want you to go to tyt.com slash notice to purchase. YouTube channel members can find the link on the YouTube community page. And it will also be posted to Discord, all right? Okay, we got some comments. Let's get to it. Dragon Nurse Photographer. That old lady has her bridges of the bunch, LOL. She don't want no ugly bridges. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, New Brunswick Dragon. The old lady in I wish Karen Wood looks like Queen Kamala. Uh, Rose Rosie, uh, she is like halfway in the grave and she's still being the care. I, I mean, uh, she may outlive the guy she was talking to, mm. the, the way she going. It seemed like she was missing the beat. Uh, the Jack, thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. And Twitch, paper underscore dragon underscore. Don't get your bridges in a bunch. <laughs> I haven't heard the word bridges in so long. Uh, Listen, some people just, some people just stay, you know, old school. She knows that we call them pants today. She's aware. All right, I have an update for you. Not a really surprising one. Put up the picture full mask. According to law enforcement, the mass shooting suspect Robert Carr bought his weapon legally. Yeah. Also, nearly three months. Before this killer would tear through a bar and a bowling alley in rural Maine last week, killing 18. He tried to kill more, he injured 13. He actually tried to buy a silencer, a silencer for a rifle at a local firearms store, the owner said Saturday. Uh, what good reason? Does a person have to buy a silencer? I'm waiting. Why is it legal to purchase a silencer? This is insane. So he attempts to buy a silencer, which says to me he wanted to do carnage in a multiplicity of ways. He wanted to utilize another methodology in order to kill people, not just one. But a few, uh, quote, he came in and filled out the form. He checked off a box that incriminated himself, saying that he was in an institution. You all got to follow this now. He self-admitted he was institutionalized. Rick LaChapelle, owner of the Coastal Defense Firearms said, quote, our staff was fantastic. Let him finish filling out the form and said, quote, I'm sorry, Mr. Card, we cannot give you this. 
At this point in time, we cannot release this silencer to you because of the answers that you've given us. There's more. Uh, the owner added, quote, we did what we were supposed to do and hopefully saved a lot of lives by the proper, just following the proper procedures. Had Carr succeeded in buying the silencer, LaChapelle, the city council president in Lewiston, Maine, said he believes the rampage might have even been more deadly because people at the two locations would not have heard the rifle fire. Once again, I submit to you, why is it even possible for someone to purchase a damn silencer? There's more. LaChapelle explained that the uh, that card had purchased the silencer online. All right, so he made an online purchase and was said to pick it up at the closest dealer, Coastal Defense, one of the largest gun stores in the region. He said on August 5th, the owner said Card came into the store having already filled out some of the federal paperwork required to buy guns and certain firearms accessories. On one box of a form required to complete the transfer, which was reviewed by ABC News. Car's answers or, or answer caught the attention of the store staff. Quote, have you ever been adjudicated as a mental defective or have you ever been committed to a mental institution? Carr said, yeah, I have, yes. The weaponry that was successfully purchased, let's get into it. Earlier Friday, Multiple law enforcement sources told CNN the gun investigators believe Card used to carry out the massacre was purchased legally just days before he was hospitalized and ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation in July. Sources say the weapon found inside Card's 2013 white Subaru Outback appears to be the same one fired by the gunman at the bowling alley and local bar through a ballistics match. That has not yet been officially confirmed. So, so let's come to this point, okay? And keep the graphic up because this is an important part to highlight because there's actually an opportunity at a common sense solution. It says law enforcement sources told CNN the gun investigators believe card used to carry out the massacre was pub was purchased legally days before he was hospitalized. So he buys a gun legally. He gets hospitalized for psychiatric condition, all right? Um, he engages in this evil deed because he still has the gun when he's released, okay? Um, why is it we don't have laws that say, okay, uh, he's in a psychiatric facility today. Let's, let's make sure he did not buy a gun yesterday or maybe last week. Let me tell you why we don't have that. And you can um, drop the graphic. Let me tell you why we don't have that. We don't have that because the NRA opposes the vast majority of Americans and the vast majority of their membership when it comes to common sense gun reform in America. You know, the vast majority of Americans and the vast majority of NRA members, National Rifle Association members, they agree with red flag laws, various permeations of these laws. 
They agree with them, by and large. The vast majority agree. We need to have them. It needs to be a thing. It needs to be done. But for some reason, Congress can't figure out how to do this, even though most of us agree. Most of the NRA members agree, the ones who pay money to the leadership that disagrees with them. There's more cards encounters with New York State Police and his National Guard superiors occurred just 10 days after Card had purchased the high-powered rifle at a main gun store, according to law enforcement sources. In the same July purchase, along with the rifle sources say Card also bought a Beretta a 92F 9mm semi-automatic pistol. It is the standard pistol of the U.S. military. Now, let's be very clear. What Card did, killing innocent people, wrong, evil, murderous, all of that. There's a cause and effect relationship between policy and outcome. Let's be very clear. Having emotional responses is a very human thing. It shows you have soul, you have heart, you have spirit, you have feeling, okay? To then not allow that to take you to the next step, which is what do we do now? in order to make sure this doesn't happen again. That part tells me exactly where your leadership quality lies. Who actually pulls your strings? Because if we can all agree that this is horrible and bad, but there are opportunities based in policy to transform the outcome in a future circumstance, perhaps. Why would we ignore it? All right, Sharon, thoughts here. We're just doing what people do when it's about money and greed. That's what we're doing. And until it stops and until we stop and don't move on from tragedy to tragedy, it will continue. I mean that. I, I've stopped expecting Doc, the people on the other side to do the right thing. So it's the rest of us who not accept it, if you will, but accept it, if you will, because we feel like we're outnumbered. We're not. Yeah. Um, it is uh, more than frustrating, obviously, uh, when common sense solutions are actually apparent. Uh, most of us agree with them, but somehow, when people with money say no, nothing happens. Uh, we'll bring you updates as they develop. Um, this is an update to a story. Let's put it up full mass. Coroner has now said the model found in the refrigerator, that is 31-year-old model Melissa Mooney, um, is called homicidal violence. All right, so the examiner listed Mooney's cause of death as homicidal violence. When Mooney was found dead in her downtown LA apartment, according to the autopsy, she had been beaten and bound before being stuffed into her own refrigerator. In addition, valuables were also taken from Mooney's apartment, and her sister believes the suspects attempted to sell her iPhone and MacBook. Uh, per people, Mooney was last seen on video surveillance at her apartment. On September 6th, law enforcement officials entered the residence on September 12th. 
after the model's mother requested a welfare check. She had not heard from him. The autopsy also revealed blunt force trauma to parts of her body. There's also a toxicology test. It found traces of cocaine and alcohol in the system, according to the autopsy. The blunt force traumatic injuries observed at autopsy are generally not considered acutely life-threatening on their own, the medical examiner wrote in the autopsy report. However, based on the circumstances of how Ms. Mooney was found, these injuries suggest she was likely involved in violence, physical altercation prior to her death. Therefore, it is uncertain what role drugs or alcohol may have played in her death, if any. The report read, uh, no arrests have been made. Um, and the LA Police Department spokesperson could not offer updates when contacted by people. And according to the victim's sister, Mooney has two, was two months pregnant at the time of her death. Uh, quote, she was super excited. And I know she really wanted a kid. And it's something that she has always talked about. Pauline 24 told people earlier this month. She also said her late sister's boyfriend was heartbroken about the incident. Before discussing Mooney's pregnancy, Pauline said her family did not have many details because of the ongoing investigation. So Mooney was found deceased two days after another model, 32-year-old Nicole Coates, in the downtown LA area as well, was found deceased in her apartment. And despite the similarities, police have said these are not related. Coates' body was discovered after her relatives were unable to reach her and requested a welfare check. Last Tuesday, the autopsy report for Coates was released, and it stated she died on September 10th from cocaine and ethanol toxicity. Now, remember, that would have been the determination of the coroner for the first model um, we discussed and uh, uh, Miss Pauline. But because of how, because of how the uh, model was found, it was determined, well, there's a significant weight being placed on the condition, the the scene, the actual way that the body was found. But outside of that, they would have made, listen to me, they would have made the same ruling, okay? It's only because of the other things that were involved. They said, you know, just given how she was found, obviously, uh, we can't say that she just had an overdose. All right, uh, so the hell of a story, um, very bad. Uh, in many ways. Okay. All right. Share your thoughts here. Well, it's painful. You know, I don't know what more to add to it except that it's painful. And we see these beautiful pictures and frozen in time. Yeah. But we want to know more. We want to know more. All right. We will bring you updates as they come. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Always good to be with you. We have a lot of comments. I'll read as many as I can. Okay, uh, V, hi, Dr. Richie and Sharon. Today is my birthday. 
And I'm now half a century old, feeling kind of mixed about the whole thing. I have a few health issues. I've been watching you on regular since August 2021. You are genuine, humble, the best. I wish you all the blessings and success in your endeavors. V, thank you so much. Uh, and this is uh, a milestone, obviously, and happy birthday to you. Uh, and I want to say this about whatever you may be dealing with. Your mind is the most powerful thing on this entire planet. Don't believe it, know it, okay? As your state of mind goes your state of being, all right? Thank you for being a supporter of the program. You're part of the amazing work all together, all right? Iron sharpens iron once again. YouTube. Canada doesn't have nearly as many mass shootings relative to their population density. Has everything to do with how they grant access to firearms? Uh, the Jack, thank you again. Uh, it's a GD nightmare trying to get my car to pass smog and register. But they have a lunatic. They give a lunatic a machine gun, end quote. And almost gave him a silencer. I mean, he had purchased it, all right? If the wrong staff person would have been there, he would have had a silencer. Um, Sample five, Patriot. Look for a model organizer, et cetera. This should be an easy case. I don't get what's so hard, detectives. And Twitch, Winston121880. Uh, the police can't help themselves. They seriously imply that drugs played a role in her death, like the drugs bound her hands, beat her, and put her in the refrigerator. I mean, it was just ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, and if she, like I said, if she wasn't found that way, that would have been the official ruling. You are correct. All right, hell of a story. A police officer pulls out a gun on an eight-year-old child, thinking the eight-year-old child is a grown man that the cop is looking for. Um, let me give you the video first, and we'll get into it. Here it is. Pulls out a weapon on an eight-year-old. Put up the picture. You see that small child wearing a football jersey? Well, the cop thought this was a man, a suspect. Shanice Stewart, pregnant California mother, says her eight-year-old son is traumatized after Sacramento police officers held them at gunpoint. After mistaking the eight-year-old child for a teenage suspect wanted on two felonies. Keep that picture up. Does that look like a teenager to you? Of course not. Uh, and the cop is supposed to be a detective. He's supposed to be an investigator. Supposedly, this investigator thought this was a teenager. Stewart is now demanding the department issue a family an apology for their show of force toward her child. Let me give you details of what happened. Officers from the Sacramento Police Department pulled over Ms. Stewart and her son, Brandon, while they were on their way to a football practice. This was October 17th at about 5 p.m. 
As soon as she was stopped, officers pulled out their firearm. Quote, I looked in the rearview mirror. And that's when I noticed the police officers had their guns out, Stewart said to KCRA. They had them aimed towards the car. So I listened to their instructions to toss my keys out of the window, open my door with my left hand and get out slowly with my hands in the air. She added, I just followed instructions. Now, remember, during this time, this is the time that's likely the most dangerous because if one cop says, oh, I thought they were reaching for a weapon, and they start shooting and kill both. Well, guess what? According to the Supreme Court, they get to go home. Uh, it's um, a subjective standard for police officers, as long as they say they felt their lives were in jeopardy. They can be wrong. It is not objective for them. It is subjective for them. There's more. While they were detained, now remember the insanity here, they still proceeded with detaining clearly a baby, eight years of age. While they were detained, the officers informed her son, informed her, excuse me, that her son, they suspected of being involved in various criminal activity. Stewart was taken aback as more law enforcement agents arriving in at least three additional cars. Uh, and then they brought in the helicopter for the eight year old. Okay, they brought in the helicopter, joined the officers that initially stopped her. I'll put up the picture again. Okay. Um, why do we need a helicopter? They're detained. You've detained a child going to football practice. Uh, you have backup, you have guns drawn. All of a sudden, a helicopter comes to the scene, and not one of you, uh, let's just say geniuses, realize this is a freaking eight-year-old baby. Dumbasses, every single one of you. All right, um, put up his other pictures. Yeah, they thought he was grown damn near, okay? Um, really, my eight-year-old baby fits the description of the suspect you're looking for. She told KCRA, she was thinking, I just didn't, it just didn't make sense to me, she said. She posted on Facebook, the police thought her son was a drug dealer. Yes, going to football practice in an eight-year-old body. And they also believe that this drug dealing eight-year-old going to football practice child engaged in home invasions in addition to selling narcotics. What? This is all a true story, ladies and gentlemen. This is what the police believed about this eight-year-old child. According to Stewart, who was also nine months pregnant, during the stop, her son started to shout. Why was he shouting? He was worried about his mother. He wasn't worried about himself, he was worried about his mom. And asked the officers not to take his mother away. In the post, she said she feared for her son's life because the police insisted he fit the description of the suspect. The son also was afraid for the mother's life 
He can be heard in the video screaming to his mother, please don't leave, please wait. So the police eventually admitted officers made a mistake releasing this official statement. They read in part, here it is, from a distance, officers observed a juvenile who they believed to be a wanted suspect. All windows on the sides and back of the vehicle were heavily tinted. Based on the information regarding firearm history, a high risk stop was initiated. They realized the juvenile in the vehicle was not the wanted suspect. And at that point, the high risk stop was ended. We must acknowledge that in this instance, a mistake was made. Our officers provided an explanation to the mother and her son. Our department has been in contact with the mother since the incident. We recognize the impact that police interactions can have on our community members. Um, I, I hope, I hope there's a lawyer involved somewhere here. Um, definitely, because the emotional distress created in this situation, and then their explanation: uh, Well, it was high risk. Uh, it was a high risk arrest or high risk whatever. It was still high risk when they detained them. Clearly, one of your guys can see this is an eight year old kid. Clearly, they said this is a child. This person is eight years old. Nobody removed the handcuffs or stopped the insanity at that point. So let's put up the chief. Buck stops with Kathy, Kathy Lester. Per people, the department said investigation into the incident is underway. All right. Don't hold your breath. Stewart told KCRA she can't shake the feeling of being worried and scared, saying her son could be experiencing even more trauma. What kid wants to live in fear? of a police officer possibly stopping him in the future and doing something to him. Is this how they deal with young children, young men, young, you know, minorities? Per CNN, she's seeking a therapist for her son who has been unable to talk about the incident. She also wants the department to pay for the counseling and intends to file a complaint against them. Um, my encouragement, uh, ma'am, please, please, Find an attorney. Please find an attorney quickly. Okay. Um, the emotional distress, the fact that he can't talk about it, it doesn't mean he's dealing with it. It means your child is not dealing with it. And it is residing in his subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is a great protector to our conscious thought. So the subconscious mind has stored it to protect them. But unfortunately, we are governed by our subconscious thoughts. So this thing that seemingly changed his thinking about police and his thinking about the world. Because remember, he's traumatized because these people damn near took his mother away by force, by weapon, detained his own mom. All right, um, Sharon Hill of a thing, uh, the excuse from the police doesn't fly. No, it doesn't. And it's um, <clears throat> sad and painful to hear that mother 
begging and talking about what her child will have to face. Tamir Rice's mother still has nightmares. I'm sure what was it 1.2 seconds, a baby. But to the police in too many instances, certain children are viewed as coming out of the womb, fully formed adults who face adult unfair consequences. Right, well said. All right, um, hell of a thing, okay? Hell of a thing. A 72 year old co worker uh, shoots a man fatally. Put up the picture for a mask. Okay. I had to literally ask my producers twice about this story when we were going over it in the morning pitch meeting. So, a man fatally shot by his 72 year old co worker, gunman at large, the family of 36 year old Terrell Lubin, a Philadelphia man fatally shot in the chest by a co-worker following an argument nearly two weeks ago, wants justice after the 72-year-old suspect responsible for his death has yet to be taken into custody. Let's put up the aunt. Terrell's aunt, her name is Marsha Lipton told ABC News Channel 6, the two men were on a job when the argument took place. And then Lubin, her nephew, walked away and the man shot him in the back, end quote. Lubin was taken to a local hospital where he was later pronounced dead. The incident unfolded on the 500 block of North 57th Street around noon. Police say the suspect went inside a West Philly home and told officers he was not going back to prison alive. So you now have a guy basically after committing this shooting barricades himself. Here comes the police. There's a two hour standoff. After the two hour standoff, police went inside the home. And they were not able to locate the suspect, according to them. While officials are investigating the incident, the Philly PD, they have not publicly identified the suspect. And at this time, they said no arrests have been made as the suspect remains at large. Put up his foster mother, okay? Belinda Willoughby. This is Mr. Lubin's foster mom is still in shock. And told ABC6 she wants the gunman caught. Of Lumen, she said, quote, he was just an all-around good guy, no problems. And quote. Um, let's put him up. See, the family remembered him during a homegoing service on Friday and a follow-up vigil. Family again describing Lubin as a good guy who did not bother anyone. His aunt said, quote, he just wanted to make life better for other people. He loved to make people smile. He was a good kid. 
As family members say their goodbyes, they are holding on to hope that the person who killed them will be caught and held accountable. Who knows when another spark will light and he will kill someone else. We just need justice, Marcia Limpton Limpton said. Someone out there knows who this person is, his boss or whoever. They know who this person is and we need to get them off the street. Um, He's 72, he's 72 years of age. The police lost him. We will bring you updates to this insanity um, as it develops, but hell of a thing. I'm sharing thoughts here. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about this one either. It's just uh, perplexing and it's something that, um, well, we do have to follow the developments, Dr. Ritchie, yeah. because this, I mean, this can't stand as it is. Right, that's right. Um, not a lot of answers uh, and really is, but you saw him go inside of the, the unit. You all have a protocol to make sure people don't just kind of go in and do a Houdini. Because you that block part. the entrance and exits uh, in a way that make it impossible for the person who has barricaded themselves to go anywhere. Did you not follow protocol? We need answers at this point. He's 72. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. Donald Trump has gag order reinstated. He then responds immediately, put up the glorious mug shot full mass. There you go. That's right, Donald, never surrender. Per Mediate, the federal judge overseeing Donald Trump's criminal trial for charges relating to subverting the 2020 election has reinstated a gag order. So it is very important to note This is not a new order. This is not a new ruling. This is a ruling that said, yes, the gag order was actually constitutional. The 2020 election has been at the center of all of this controversy. So earlier this month, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin ordered a temporary hold on the gag order against Donald Trump. But on Sunday evening, the court's online docket revealed it is now back in place. So typically, a judge will look at all of the evidence and make a ruling. Trump has been charged by special counsel Jack Smith for allegedly attempting to overturn the presidential election. He also faces three other criminal indictments in New York, Florida, and Georgia. If convicted, Trump could spend the rest of his life in prison on social media, specifically Truth Social. Trump has levied attacks on prosecutors and various court officials, as well as key witnesses in the federal criminal cases levied against him. Now, let's be very clear about the reality of Donald Trump and the privilege he gets to experience. If anyone else would say anything close to what he has said on social media or on a microphone, even a personal phone, they would be arrested for witness tampering for threatening a prosecutor, for threatening a judge, make no mistake about it. The gag order should have been in place as soon as he said something that was, of course, intimidating to any potential witness. And the way Donald Trump does it 
is he basically will animate his followers against the individuals who are telling the truth about him. That's how he does it. At some point, one of these judges, instead of just issuing a gag order, they're going to have to enforce it. How do you enforce a gag order? Well, multiple ways. Number one, you can give a stern warning. If Trump does this again, I'm going to have him arrested for contempt. Two, you can provide a civil fine. Or three, lock his ass up. All right, let's put it up full mass. This was the response initially. So following the ruling, Trump issued a public response on Truth Social claiming, quote, the corrupt Biden administration just took away my First Amendment right to free speech. Not constitutional. Make America great again. Uh, let's talk about the insanity of his statement. Number one, obviously, the Biden administration made no ruling. None. They're not involved. I, I do find it ironic that the same individual who literally called a foreign leader while he was president tried to withhold, approve money from Congress. We can argue if that was even appropriate politically, but it was legal. The money was allocated to a foreign nation. Donald Trump called that leader, said, hey, you know, I got that money coming, but I need you to do something for me. There's a guy. He has a son. He needs to be investigated. This is the same person. He literally tried to weaponize a foreign government against an American citizen who happened to be his political opponent. There's more. So Trump continued, I have just learned that the very biased Trump-hating judge in D.C., who should have recused herself due to her blatant open loathing of your favorite president, me, has reimposed a gag order, which will put me at a disadvantage against my prosecutorial and political opponents. This order, according to many legal scholars, is unthinkable. It illegally and unconstitutionally takes away my First Amendment right of free speech in the middle of my campaign for president while I am leading against both parties in the polls. Few can believe this is happening, but I will appeal. How can they tell the leading candidate that he, and only he, is seriously restricted from campaigning in a free and open manner? It will not stand. Uh, Donald Trump is actually getting better at lying. I, I, it's fascinating. When you take this and provide no other context, somebody will look at it and say, well, damn, Trump, that does make sense. Why is this judge stopping you from campaigning? It's not what the order says. The gag order is very specific to the trial, to the case against him. It's about witness intimidation. It's about saying things on record, publicly, that would absolutely transform members of the jury, which by the way, we call that a no-no in the criminal justice system. Always has been that way. There's nothing new about gag orders. People get them all the time. 
All of a sudden, when Donald Trump gets a gag order, and by the way, he got a privilege nobody else would have, which is a temporary stop on the gag order. He gets a gag order. He's in absolute violation of this gag order. He still is not called out for it. No problem. But to make anyone believe that somehow this is unconstitutional because it happened to Trump is once again an illustration of his, well, let's just say insanity. There's more. Trump then appeared to suggest retribution in addition to what he's already said on record. Quote, why didn't crooked Joe Biden tell his injustice department to file the lawsuits and indictments against me three years ago instead of right in the middle of my campaign for president? You're setting a bad president for yourself, Joe. The same can happen to you. This third world Biden indictment, which should never have been filed, would have been tried and over with years ago. My sleazebag opponent shouldn't be able to do this during my campaign or before the election. You know, I find that last statement interesting. Um, he's saying he should not be able to do this during the election, during my campaign. Well, I mean, are you saying, Trump, that he should be able to do it? He just should have done it earlier or, or perhaps later? Are you saying that it is proper to do just the timing is bad? And if the timing was better, it would be more appropriate to do this thing. Is reality. He is going to impact the opinions of many by way of this rhetoric. It is intended to do so. Uh, if a judge is not willing to enforce these gag orders, you all have to stop giving them. Because every time he violates a gag order in spirit, every time he decides to opine on an issue that you just told him, stay away from, because there's a gag order now, it looks as if he's victorious. You see, his people champion his disrespect of your authority. So when you set an authority without the willingness to enforce it, it sets him up for a victory until you lock his ass up. Now, outside of that, he's going to keep winning. So at some point, one of these judges, they're going to have to enforce the order because Trump is not going to stop until you do.